If you grew up going to church or in a family that discussed faith, how was the topic of doubt handled? Was expressing doubts viewed as wrong or going against God? Was doubt talked about as the opposite of faith? For many, I think this is exactly how doubt was discussed. Faith was talked about in absolutes, and doubt was the antithesis of faith. Did that make your doubt disappear, or were you too afraid to acknowledge or voice them? In this week's sermon, we look at the well-known story of doubting Thomas. Jesus appeared to the disciples, but Thomas wasn't present. When they told Thomas about it, he could not believe unless he too saw Jesus. How does Jesus respond? Where does doubt fit into faith? Join Pastor Jason Schiller for this week's sermon from Community Presbyterian Church. Let us pray. Living God, as the risen Christ came into the locked room of the first disciples, may your word enter into us by the power of your Holy Spirit, so that we who have not seen may yet believe. Amen. Our first reading today is from Acts chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging on a cross. God exalted him to his right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Our Psalms reading is from Psalm 150. Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him for the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him for the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our sermon text this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger in the wound left by the nails 
and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in a house, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, My Lord and my God. Jesus replied, Do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Then Jesus did many miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in this scroll. But these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing, you will have life in his name. One of my missions as a pastor is to start looking at kind of the church vocabulary that we use and to stop assuming that everyone knows what these words mean. And faith is one of those words. You know, we kind of talk about it, we say faith a lot, but what does it mean? Like we talked about in the children's time, faith is belief in something with in the absence of proof. That doesn't mean there aren't reasons we believe it or that there is no evidence for it, but you can't 100% prove it. You believe anyways. Faith, when you can prove something, is not faith. That's called certainty. Faith is believing something when you can't prove it to be true. It's a vital part of being a Christian. And Jesus talks about it here in this text. Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. He's talking about us and those who came before us and those who will come after us. As human beings, each and every day, we live our lives in faith. Regardless of religious practice, you go about your day having faith in countless number of things. When you get in a car and start it and drive away, you're having a lot of faith in the people who built the car that it's not going to explode when you turn it on. When you go to eat at a restaurant, you are having a lot of faith in the people who prepare that food that they're going to do it in a way that you don't get sick. If you go in for surgery, you have faith in the doctors and nurses and techs, in their training, that they can do what you need in that surgery and that it will heal you. There are countless other ways that we exercise faith in our days. It seems like humans are kind of hardwired to live lives of faith. Because if you were to say, I'm only going to go out and do the things I can be certain of, I don't know that you could leave your house. I don't know that that's possible. Often, and I don't know that it was expressly said to me growing up, but I got the kind of message that the opposite of faith was doubt. Did anyone else get that message growing up, either explicitly or just kind of passively? 
The opposite of having faith is having doubt. And doubt is something to avoid. Doubt works against faith. That's kind of the message I received as a kid. I don't think it was intentional, but that's what I remember. But I don't think that's true. In fact, I don't think that's true at all. The opposite of faith is certainty. The opposite of faith is wanting to know without any doubt that something is true. And I don't know about you, but I really like certainty. I don't like necessarily naturally living in kind of ambiguous terms. When at all possible, I really like to know that something is true. This is an odd profession for someone like me to go into if I like certainty. Hopefully the lesson we've all gotten the last few years is that there's not much we seem to be able to be certain about. I think we want certainty. I'm not sure we can actually have it. And ultimately, I think certainty and our quest for certainty is detrimental to our faith. I think it gives us a sense of kind of certainty, but I think it robs us of the gift of faith. So let's look at Thomas here. Poor Thomas. Forever labeled Doubting Thomas. Thomas wasn't with them when on Easter, when it says the first day of the week, that is still Easter day, when Jesus appears to them as they're gathered. Thomas is somewhere else. And Jesus shows his wounds to the disciples, and they are amazed. They rejoice that Jesus is with them. And when Thomas gets back, they say, it happened, he came, he was here. Thomas said, you guys are all crazy. Every one of you. And I can't believe that. I simply cannot believe it unless I can put my fingers in the wounds in his hands. Unless I can put my hand in his side to know that it's really him. I just can't believe it. Thomas wanted certainty. He had to have that experience. The experience the other disciples had had. So the next time they're gathered together, Thomas is with them and Jesus again appears. I want to point out something that I think is really, really vital to this text. Because for all the kind of talk I heard growing up in the church about kind of the danger of doubt and how doubt is working against faith, which I don't think is true, Notice how Jesus interacts with Thomas here. Notice what's missing. Because if doubt were the antithesis of faith, I imagine Jesus would have chastised Thomas for not believing the disciples. Why didn't he believe when they said they had that experience? That's not what Jesus does. Jesus meets Thomas where he is, 
and he provides the things he needs to believe. He says to Thomas, look, put your finger here. Put your hand here. And Thomas does. And he believes. He responds, my Lord and my God. Jesus never chastises him for his disbelief. He provides for it and meets him and gives him what he needs. If doubt were dangerous, Jesus would have responded very differently. But he points out that those disciples got to see him in person. But blessed are those who don't see and yet believe. I think one of the biggest areas of growth for me as a person and as a pastor is embracing the importance of doubt in faith. Doubt is an important part of active and healthy faith because it means you're actively engaging with your faith. And when you do that, you will come across things that challenge you. You will have doubts. You will go through life experiences that force you to consider what it is you actually believe. And it will challenge you. There's a term for it. It's called the dark night of the soul. This idea that you go through a period of trial and struggle, perhaps a period of suffering, that challenges what you believe. And going through those things will change us. We will not come out believing everything exactly as we did going in. It has to change us. And we cannot fear those times. Because what they do for us and what they do for our faith is they help us understand more deeply the things we do believe. The things that are so important to us, to our core, that we hold on to. And we often shed the things that aren't important. It's about growing spiritually. Those periods of time are when we grow spiritually. To never struggle means to never grow in faith. Countless books have been written on this. C.S. Lewis wrote a ton about this very thing in his own life, in losing his wife. Doubt is not something to be feared. Doubt is how we examine our faith and grow. And I think this is very, very important for the modern church, especially as we seek to reach out into the community to people who aren't in the church or people who were hurt by the church, people who have left the church. People who had doubts, and those doubts were not welcomed, and they find themselves on the outside. We practice faith together. 
so that when we do go through periods of doubt, others are around us to support us and nurture us and care for us, to not chastise us for the doubt. When someone says, I just can't believe right now, we have to resist the urge to talk them back into it. We sit and we say, we understand. And we care and love you. And we're going to be here for as long as you need us. If there's anything you learn from me as your pastor, and if there's anything we can embrace as a congregation, I hope it's this idea that this is a place for everyone to come at whatever level of faith they have. In whatever level of doubt they're struggling with. And this is a place to come and be a part of a community that will support you through that process. It's a place for your questions. It's a place for those times where you say, I'm not sure what I believe. Where we don't rush into trying to convince them. But we share our faith, we share our lives, we support one another, and we commit to growing in faith together. Because that's what people need. It's real attractive to have certainty. I can point you to other churches that will tell you exactly what to believe. And they are certain that they're right. And I think that's a bunch of garbage. I think that's a shallow faith that doesn't acknowledge the complexities of our world and of our lives and where suffering fits in. But it's attractive because you don't have to think. You can just say, okay, well, that's what I believe. You said that's what it's right, and that's what I'll believe. In countless times in hospital rooms, I've seen that crumble because a cancer diagnosis doesn't fit into that certainty. Wait a minute, you told me if I was faithful that I would be healthy and I would be happy and prosperous. Why am I sitting here with cancer? And then the toxic part comes out. You must have done something really wrong to anger God. Your faith must be lacking. You must have doubt. That's why you have cancer. I've seen that countless times play out live in front of my face. That's not what God calls us to do. That's not what faith is. I can tell you the things I believe. I can tell you why I believe them. I can tell you things I used to believe that I no longer believe. And why? That's the sign of healthy faith. It's evolving. It's changing as we go through different stages of our lives. We cannot make the mistake of wanting to replace faith with certainty. And we cannot make the mistake of chastising people who have doubt. Jesus didn't do that. 
Jesus meets each of us where we are, provides for each of us what we need to have faith. But faith will always require trust. Stepping out in the absence of certainty, and that's always going to be scary. Every time. It's like meetings I've sat in at different churches over the years. As they're kind of talking about trying something different or new. When they really want to know the outcome before they try it. They want kind of the assurance that it's going to work before they do anything and risk anything. And I can never offer that. We're all called to trust, to have faith, to live out that faith, and to step out in faith, trusting that God is there. That God does know all the particulars. That God knows what we need when we need it. That God will provide what we need when we need it. Not before, not after. Not what we want, because I want lots of things that don't seem to be what God wants which is really, really annoying. But faith is what we're called to, not certainty. So let us embrace that. In this Easter season where we celebrate the resurrection, which I believe happened in a physical way, and I can tell you the whys that have come to that. Faith is stepping out and living in the awe and wonder of what God can do. Things we can't imagine, things we can't comprehend, things we can't anticipate, but God shows up in amazing ways. So as Easter people, as people called to be Easter people every day, let us embrace that, live into it, and step out in trust and faith. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Community Presbyterian Church in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. 